good evening, world. This is the podcast, Aspras, and your hostess, Laura Cattell. Alrighty. We went through abundance. We've gone through health, both the generic and weight-specific. And we have made it to harmony in Chapter 8 of Mike Dooley's Infinite Possibilities. And today's a real deep one, and we start off with a quite extraordinary story from Mr. Dooley himself. And then we cover one, two, three, three points. Acceptance, be self-referring whenever you encounter life's turbulence, and remember that everything in your life is exactly as it should be. And we will get to that when we get into it. We've been over, right, yesterday we went over the his eight points for weight concerns, as he puts it. But the one you really just need to pay attention to is that realize your body is not you. Everything else is pretty generic. From, you know, uh, I guess... Not inspiration, what am I looking for? As far as you would would be reading to basically expect new information. Because exercise, eat less, that's pretty, you know, standard stuff. Focus less on your weight, more on living a well-rounded life, right? We've gone over that. Whatever you focus on is what you attract more of, because so if you're focused on you need to lose weight, you will constantly be needing to lose weight. Model your behavior after your dream self. That's that's pretty done already. But realize that your body is not you. That's that's a biggie. And it's such a biggie. I'm gonna go back over it just one more time. All right, because you are the soul inside. Your body is your creation. It needs you. It relies on you, and it exists solely to serve you. Your physical body depends on you for its very existence, and it deserves the utmost care. Do the best you can with what you have, but care for yourself as if you are your most treasured possession. Alright, your body works flawlessly. And things and people do more when they feel appreciated. Alright, circumstances surround you when you when you make feel people when you make people feel appreciated. I'm sorry, I'm not sure why that was a tongue twister. And you draw to you more circumstances. Okay, to let your appreciation be known. It's a wonderfully reciprocating cycle, and we're going to get more into flowery language today with harmony. So without further ado, my shout out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals out there in Foodland. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you've done. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, please don't do something you can't take back. And that would be somebody lighting off fireworks early outside. My apologies. Hold on. Ah, yes. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. So, harmony. Oh, how much finer life becomes when we can find harmony. 
But the thing with harmony, and it's just as true for abundance and health, is realizing that it does not have to be found. It already exists. It's within you. It surrounds you. It's your natural state. I had a strange experience a few years ago. I had been listening to Pachelbel's Canon in D, one of my favorite pieces of music. And as sometimes happens when I listen to it, I was overcome by a joyful, excuse me, joyous, blissful feeling that is almost impossible to describe, like happiness turned up a million degrees. After I turned it off and went into my yard to do some chores, I somehow slipped into an altered state. Suddenly I again heard Canon and D playing in the recesses of my awareness, and I simultaneously perceived the bushes and plants around me gently swaying to the melody and exuding their own joy that was equally inexplicable. In that instant, I felt I knew more about the reality of plants than will ever be found in a book. I knew then that this was their joy, their peace, and their harmony all the time. I remember, how, I remember thinking how impenetrable it was. It even occurred to me, as silly as it may seem, that even if a tree were to be struck by lightning or uprooted by a bulldozer, this trauma wouldn't have any effect on its blissful state of awareness. Just being and radiating a joy that's invisible to our physical senses. I also sensed that even if a tree were to slowly wither and die in a drought, it would still only know this bliss. That episode only lasted several seconds, and I haven't experienced it since. But it reminds me to this day how things really are. Not just for plants and trees, but for all life. There exists this love, joy, and harmony in every living thing. Every atom, every cell, every insect, every creature. It's only when we mask it with the perceptions of our physical senses, our judgments, and our beliefs that it becomes invisible. It's also alive right now in you, just a breath away from recognition. Harmony doesn't need to be found. It needs to be uncovered from within and permitted to capture your attention and to help you unlock the doors that may sometimes keep it from view here are three thoughts. First one, acceptance. If there's something ruffling your feathers, fighting it won't make it go away. If anything, fighting it will keep it at the forefront of your thoughts and thus in the forefront of your ongoing manifestations. Accept that you have challenges, and that the things in your life are as they are. As I said earlier, that doesn't mean you have to love them or that you can't change them, but you do have to accept them in order to move forward. Acceptance 
means that you stop struggling against the universe. Because no matter how justified you may feel, the universe will win. It also means recognizing that whatever is on the plate before you is there with a lesson to teach. And it means you're willing to revisit it in a higher light to find that lesson and peacefully embrace it. Thought number two. Be self-referring whenever you encounter life's turbulence. Realize that you, not whatever it is that's bugging you, are masking life's joy and harmony. And only you can remove the blindfolds that keep them from your awareness. The circumstances of our lives don't bring us pain, fear, or worries. It's only our perception of the circumstances that brings these things. By accepting what's before you and working on your perception of it, you can and will be elevated to a higher, more harmonious understanding of the situation. Number three, remember that everything in your life is exactly as it should be. You're never thrown into a situation or given an experience accidentally. In fact, you are never thrown into anything. You only create experiences and situations or avail experiences and situations because you are ready to face the consequences and see things in a new light. You are the reason things happen to you. And by accepting and looking at your life with self-referral, you can begin understanding that everything is as it should be. There are no accidents and the universe doesn't make mistakes. Life is our playground and study lab, where we get to try out our thoughts, and if it doesn't already, one day this will all make sense to you. You'll realize that nothing was ever lost, that you have been kept whole, and that, as an eternal spiritual being, you still have forever before you. Ooh. Let's see, we have enough time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we have enough time. Alright. So we're gonna hop into the cursed house, but let's let's go back over that just real quick. Mmm. That's quite the story. There was one morning when I was a kid in Massachusetts. It had snowed the night before. Like, decently heavy snow. I mean, this was the middle of winter. And I was getting up and getting ready to go to school. So it was the really early morning hours. And the way the sun shone through the snow that morning, through the trees, I swear to you, it glowed. It was the most golden hue you've ever seen in your life. My mom tried to get a picture of it, but that was, you know, back then cameras. <laughs> I, will, I will never forget that. 
I must have been six or seven. It just, it was glowing gold. I was mesmerized. So that's an interesting little bit he's got there. That being a tree, however. I am not quite so sure that a human being has the same type of awareness response as blissful awareness in every single second. And again, you would never encounter adversity if you were in such a blissful state of awareness all the time. You'd never grow. Of course, the caveat could be said. Oh, sorry, I had to sneeze. The caveat could be said that that state of blissful awareness is the end result that you're hoping for, so that would be what you're striving for anyways, but at the same time, again, you didn't come here just to be blissfully aware. You came here to experience what living is. The roller coaster ride that is life. And as tantalizing and tempting as that state might be, you don't learn anything. And I would contend you don't experience much either if you're in a blissful state of awareness. Nice place to visit. Good place to fall back to. Good to know that that's where you return to when you're done. So you got a lot of living left to do. I wonder if that's why human beings can't seem to form a harmonious relationship with each other for very long. Too much to learn. Hmm. Alright. So, don't mess with the cursed house. We've been over this. Ad nauseum. We'll go over it again. Because in this section, that's specifically how it's labeled, is don't mess with the cursed house. Whether it's abundance, health, or harmony, we're after. Our obsession with the hows in life is what gets us into trouble. To demonstrate this, let's move this talk back toward material abundance, even though the same concepts apply to health and harmony. And I'll give you a little test. Let's say that you're dreaming really, really big about whatever it is that you really, really want to manifest into your life. Go ahead and pick something outrageous right now that you'd like to experience or have. If you're like the rest of us, you'll initially feel that in order to manifest what you've just thought you wanted, you're going to have to figure out how to get it. If you're a realtor, you're already thinking about what kind of listings you're going to have to get. If you're an author, you're already thinking about the best sellers you're going to have to write. If you're a salesperson, you're already thinking in terms of commissions and bonuses. And if you feel you're currently stuck in a dead-end job or if you're unemployed, you're probably feeling stressed out because you have no idea what the heck you're going to have to do. Yeah. What the heck you're going to have to be able to do to afford your grandiose dreams. So. 
without messing with the cursed house. What do you have to do to get this thing you want? This is the test. What will you have to do to achieve this dream? No matter what your profession or, or whether you lack one, I hope you just thought, I'll have to engage the invisible forces of the universe to do this for me. Knowing full well that whatever you dream of is a cinch for the universe, just as it is virtually impossible for the physical you. Often our first failing when dwelling on abundance, health, or harmony is immediately thinking about and stressing over what we're going to have to figure out to how to bring it into our life. Mm. I'm almost positive nobody thought I'll have to engage the invisible forces of the universe to do this for me. I I'm pretty sure none of you went that direction first blush. But after, you know, listening to this podcast for a while, listening to this book especially, and whatever other personal learnings you've done on the subject matter outside of this podcast and outside of what I've been telling you, I'm quite sure you've done your own bit of research on it. So why do you still think in terms of limit, lack, house? You know you do. It's because you don't apply. But also, you need somebody to stretch you out of your comfort zone, okay? Sometimes you don't even realize how limiting you're being to yourself because you've become so used to it, it's an automatic response. All right, if I were to tell you to try and visualize $300 million just coming into your life, I have the faintest idea that you might choke on yourself just a tad bit when I mention $300 million. Yes, $300 million. I want you to visualize what you would do in your life if you had that money hit your bank account tomorrow morning. You just choked on whatever it is you had. Even if you didn't have anything, you just choked. Why? Because you're still thinking about how you're going to get that much money. Which stems from an internal belief that surrounds money. Maybe you don't think you're worth $300 million, really. Or that you don't have a skill set that makes you worth $300 million. I'm sorry, Paris Hilton just walks around with a teeny tiny dog and looks cute for the cameras. She doesn't do anything either. Alright. So, belief in your inherent value, belief that you need that skill set, belief that $300 million is difficult to obtain. All of those buts are interfering with the cursed house. Because you're trying to figure out how much you would have to do to make that kind of money. 
instead of leaving it up to the universe to drop it in your lap. Right, that is, first and foremost, one of the biggest hiccups to people. And you'll know it's a hiccup, and you're dealing with a limited belief, when you mention those kinds of things, and you choke. Somewhere inside, there is a set of instructions telling you that that kind of money is difficult to come by. Wherever it comes from, whatever form it takes. That is a limiting belief. Okay, so back to the book. Oh, where was I? <laughs> For whatever you want, rid yourself of any conception of how you'll get it. Remember when, straight out of school, I thought I was going to get fired during my first three months working at Price Waterhouse? Well, once I realized I was making a bad situation worse with my negative thinking, I began visualizing every evening when I got home from work. And remember that I told you I didn't know what to visualize because as a bad auditor I didn't know what, it, what good auditors do, or I wouldn't have been a bad auditor. Well that impasse was a blessing because it led me to focus on my desired end result. Walking up and down the hallways of Price Waterhouse beaming with joy. Not knowing how else to get out of my position as a bad auditor prevented me from telling the universe how to save me. Which would have limited it from seeking the absolute highest and best solution. As it turned out, the solution was something I could never have plotted in a million years. Being loaned off to the tax department. I focused exclusively on the end result. Being happy at work. And that's exactly what I got when I let the universe figure out the hows, or the details, of its achievement. Had I insisted that I become a good auditor, it's much less likely the universe could have even used the tax department as my salvation, as my thoughts on becoming a better auditor would have kept me in the audit department. I then went on to tell you that after I averted an early termination at Price Waterhouse, I began working on a little scrapbook to help me visualize all kinds of things I wanted in my life, including the places I wanted to go. Basically, that little scrapbook held photographs of my desired end results, not the means of their attainment. It held pictures of my dreamed of lifestyle, which is the hidden trick to the power of this kind of tool. It immediately gets your thinking to the end result. I looked at these pictures and visualized for about 10 months, when finally, after a short 7-day period, decisions were made that swept me off my feet and landed me in a Middle Eastern city I had never even heard of, much less dreamed of or visualized. As it turned out, that tour of duty in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, was perhaps the one thing that could have made my dreams come true the fastest. It was how my dreamed-of lifestyle would be realized. Yet it was far beyond anything I could have imagined happening. Not only that, but it was a how that was in keeping with my own adventurous nature, and a fantastic time was had. By letting go of the hows, 
Not only do you free up the universe to figure out things for you in ways that may leave you speechless, you also free yourself from all the fears, worries, and stress that go along with trying to manipulate time and space. There's another challenge that goes with trying to plot your course as you stress about every little detail of your progress, you are slowly drawn out of the now and begin living in and worrying over the future. But if you turn the hows over to the universe, you can begin enjoying the present moment. By delegating and leveraging the universe, you not only ensure that tomorrow will turn out for your highest and best, but you free yourself up to begin enjoying all the wonders that life already holds for you. This applies to every area of your life, not just your career, but also your health and the harmony of your affairs. Don't mess with the cursed pals. Mm. All right. And last little tidbit. Recap real quick from the page earlier. You're never thrown into anything. You only create experiences and situations, or avail experiences and situations, because you are ready to face the consequences and see things in a new light. And he makes such a key point throughout that whole story and going back over his time at Price Waterhouse, right? He did not focus on how he focused on what he wanted to enjoy his job he visualized himself walking up and down the halls beaming with pride everyone knew his name gave him a handshake gave him a high five said it was nice to see you it's great to be here he felt alive and enjoyed himself so many times we automatically go into the house because that is what we are used to messing with and this is why i always tell people you gotta really really know what you want because once you start dissecting what it is you want you realize what you thought you wanted isn't okay i'll put i'll put it one way Actually, let's, let's see if I can come with a couple examples, okay? Hold on. Oops. Alright, that's the um, firehouse next door. Um. Oh, I lost it. Hold on one second. So, let's see if we can come up with some examples. Alright, he had a couple of ones in there. Oh, damn it. Sirens went by and I lost it. Alright, so if you're a realtor, you're already thinking about what kind of listings you're going to have to get. If you're an author, you're already thinking about the bestsellers you're going to have to write. Okay, so what was I saying? Alright, end result. Knowing what you really want. Because once you start breaking down what you think it is you want, you realize that there are pieces to everything that you want that represent something. Okay? So let's say... You, let's say you want to change careers suddenly, but what you really are, are craving 
you really love the career you've got, but you want more time with your family and you feel like you're being worked to death. So what you really want is some free time that's quality time while still being paid a great wage to do the thing that you love. Okay? So then you would visualize having to leisurely wake up in the morning, hopping on a conference call, being able to avail yourself to your family more, still smiling, check your bank account, it's full. Okay, what you really want is more quality of life. So then you would visualize quality of life and then leave that up to the universe to provide you quality of life. Maybe you do stay at that job, maybe you get, get another job, maybe you get a promotion that comes with less hours and more time with family and an expense account that allows you to take vacations that you never had a chance to before. You don't know. I use the, um, the, the, the crush, right? I use that example a lot. And, um, Right? Basically, you've got this crush on this one person, okay? Why this person? Once you ask why this person, well, he's got the hair and the way he looks at me and he makes me feel special. Okay, so what you want is to feel special. You want all the things he makes you feel. Yes? When you really strip it down, you want the way that person makes you feel, however it is that they, they do what they do. All right, maybe it's the combination of the eyes and the hair and they're looking really awesome and you're like, yeah, I want that. But when you dig down deeper, what, you, what do you really want? When you ask yourself what you're really looking for in a partner, oftentimes between your crush and your actual ideal is vastly different. Why? Because you don't always know what it is you really want because you're still approaching what you think you want through the perspectives that you have crafted up until this point in your life. The universe will give you what you want, even if it's half-baked and whatever. It will give you what you focus on. But sometimes the best way to teach somebody is to give them exactly what they ask for. Only for you to realize, oh, this, this, this wasn't what I wanted at all. This, this makes me feel worse. Okay, so by focusing on the end result, all right, what is it that you really want? Okay, it's fine to want the car. It's fine to want that house. But what do you really want? You want millions in the bank account to afford that house easily and effortlessly. You want financial stability. You want a bank account so large it doesn't matter what you're doing, you're set for the next 250 years plus and so is your family. Without worrying about a dime. What you want is to not have to worry about money. So see yourself spending it. Okay? If you want to not worry about money, visualize yourself having a great time with it. Throw fistfuls of it up in the air. Don't go pour it into a bathtub and take a bath in it. Okay? In your head, obviously. Or if you really feel adventurous, go down to the AT uh, go down to your local bank and get, you know, 
couple stacks of uh, $100 in ones and just pretend. Don't go to the strip club after. I, I beg you, don't go to the strip club after. But, okay? You can visualize that and it has the same effect, right? Because what? The mind cannot distinguish between an imagined or a real event. When you visualize something, your mind believes it's happening. If you're sitting and throwing fistfuls of cash in the air in your head, and you're laughing, you're having a good time, you're sipping champagne, caviar, whatever luxury looks like for you. Okay? And then keep your eyes out. Or keep, keep your eyes open. Now, to go to Mr. Dooley's um, example, it wasn't an immediate thing either, okay? First, it took a month to get him from his, past his first hurdle, which was to get him out of the auditor's office and into the, um, uh, that, uh, crap, what was it again? Dirty. Tax department. Yeah. Okay. I was right the first time. First hurdle he had to get through, get across was getting loaned to the tax department. It then took another 10 months. Hold on. Okay, it took 10 months of visualization after that. That meant he came home every day and visualized himself still doing this happy, wake, getting, getting to the office in the morning, and everything's happy, happy, joy, joy, and everybody's saying his name, and they're happy to see him, he's having a great time, hot lots of energy, upbeat, that kind of thing. Okay, 10 months before he got, from when he got to the tax department to when he first got his international appointment. One of the biggest problems of manifesting is people quit too soon. They quit too soon. I've said it before and I'll, I'll keep saying it. Develop a consistent routine. Alright? Like Mr. Dooley, he looked forward to coming home and being able to visualize the, the, the life at work that he wanted. Because he knew he was going to get it. That's the level of expectation you have to walk into this at, with, okay? Think of it kind of like when you're a toddler and you're learning how to walk. Okay? Parents don't stop nudging them, helping them, being patient with them, because they know they'll eventually get it. There is no point when you look at a toddler and go, oh, no, that's, mm, he's just not going to learn how to walk. It's just not there. You never do that. All right? When you're approaching a manifestation, that's how you have to approach your visualizations and all the other little tools and tricks that you use to help yourself manifest what it is that you want is to approach it with the absolute rock-solid expectation that you're going to get it. You just have to keep at it. Because eventually it's going to happen. Because once you've asked the universe for it, and you keep focusing on it, you keep visualizing it, all right, the universe is working in its perfect time to bring whatever that is into your life. But you might have to go through some things first. go back to using another example uh, John Asraf's um, dream home right three moves in five years 
<laughs> okay. Three moves in five years. Mr. Dooley first getting his first dream job. Three months of nothing. Alright. My point being is that one of the biggest issues with manifesting is people give up on whatever it is they're deliberately trying to manifest before it's manifested. Because they get so far in and they don't see anything externally working on it. And so they believe it's not happening. Which then derails the whole process. It's tough when you're first starting out to put that much trust and faith in something um, you haven't been used to putting your trust and faith into. But that's what you've got to do. Supplemented with other things, if you're talking about like health, all right, manifesting alongside, um, you know, doctor's orders and whatnot, taking medication, imagine uh, visualizing yourself healthy and able to do all the things that you used to do. Visualize yourself getting up in the morning, completely refreshed and energized, and you have full full range of motion and mobility, and you. You don't have to cough or wheeze or stretch or creak or crack or whatever when you're getting up in the morning. And then visualize yourself moving throughout the day as if it were the easiest thing in the world to do. Alright, you visualize yourself completely healthy. Alright, so. Uh, we left off at his You Can Do This, which is a hallmark of his books. And we'll come back at that tomorrow. Quit painting. So go ahead and get a little wiggle and do a little stretch, and we will do our two minute brain break. to bring to mind something you absolutely love doing. Maybe you love to take a bath or swim or hike. Maybe you love crafting. Maybe you love catching a comedy. Maybe you have a favorite piece of music that you always go to that makes you feel better. Whatever it is, I want you to bring it to mind. Your most 
recent memory or your most favorite memory. And let it tug in the corners of your mouth, just slightly upward, as you're thinking about it now. And all the happy memories it brings with it. Go ahead and do that now. Open your eyes. All right. Carry that happiness with you as long as you can. And now you know exactly how to go back and feel that way again whenever you wish. All right, in so much as happiness is an emotion, it's also a state of mind because you can go back and remember how good it felt, how happy it made you, you can literally conjure happiness any moment you wish. You don't need to wait for external circumstances to provide you with an excuse to be happy. Remember what happiness felt like and feel it anyway. Feel it when the world wants you to be depressed and in despair and hopeless. Because that's when you need it the most. Dare to have hope when you feel things are hopeless. And don't ever, ever give up. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. This is the podcast, Sassafras. Good night.